a voice for truth words from the bible that will inspire and motivate you to realize your true potential in god that we can do all things through christ who strengthens empowers leads and guides by his holy spirit teaching to motivate you on how to walk by faith claiming your destiny living in victory through the knowledge you have received from the voice of truth explained in a simple and understandable way so you can become who God wants you to be in love, power, and a sound mind. I am Pastor Paul, trained deliverance minister and author, anointed and appointed by God in the school of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus name. Welcome each and everyone. Indeed it's a blessing. Yes, it's another night that we are privileged to come before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of all creation. Yes, it's indeed a privilege and we must give God thanks and praise. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Tonight we will be talking about the mind. How can we control our mind, our thoughts from being influenced and being manipulated by the enemy? Because a lot of times we have thoughts in our mind and we don't know that the thoughts is induced. The thought is not our own thoughts. The thought is a seed sown in our mind by the enemy. And the enemy wants us to start to entertain those thoughts and accept it to be our own. So the more we entertain those thoughts and begin to think and meditate upon it, is the more control it gets over, gets over us. And if we continue to enable those thoughts, that's a seed that the enemy is able to sow in us. And now the thoughts we accept as ours is not because it is induced by the devil. By the devil. And it now becomes a torment, a burden, because somehow we are not able to shake these thoughts. And it continues to play over and over and over again it becomes a manipulation. It becomes something more than what it was meant to be. Because at the first instant, the thoughts seem very good. It goes according to what I'm believing for or believing in. The thought is something that I just want to think on, meditate on. But it's an induced thought that came in by the enemy. So the enemy uses things that we love, we appreciate, and we adore. And because of that, he's able to tap into our subconscious person and able to sow seed in it. So many of us at times, we are wrestling with all kinds of thoughts. And it keeps on playing and playing all over again and we cannot able to shake it 
till it becomes a torment. Even when we don't desire to think on it, it is there. We go to bed, we are dreaming on it. We're doing our work, we are basically having our hands at our jaw, and we are basically being, we are floating away in some imagination. What is it that we can do to overcome these thoughts that continue to plague our mind? Praise be to God. This is something that I asked of God many years ago. I wanted to know to how to differentiate my thoughts with a thoughts that has been influenced by some evil external force versus when the Lord is speaking to me in my spirit. I wanted to understand the voices that was in my head. Because when you have the zeal and the love for God and you want to do so many different things, you start to think on many things and entertain all kinds of thoughts. And some of the thoughts that you're entertaining sounds good, feel good. But is it of God? Is it of God? How do we know that the thoughts you're entertaining is of God? The Bible says meditate on the word of God day and night remember meditate on the word of god so a lot of people practice meditation because they want to release themselves of some burden of anxiety they want to shut certain pain and hurt out of their consciousness so they will go into meditation and they will try to blank their mind out that they don't able to think on some of the things that is so painful but is that a good thing is that something that is advisable to do as a christian no it's not good to put yourself in a passive state allow your mind not to be to be inactive your mind must always be active thinking on something you have something in your mind to keep your mind active and what's supposed to be in your mind to keep it active is the word of god god requires us at times to get rest that means you find rest in yourself you don't allow yourself to be thinking on anything a lot of persons who are distressed who have hurt who have pain who have all kind of different things going on in their lives and they want to separate themselves or to release themselves from the pain, from the hurt, from the anger, from the stress and strain of life. What they will tend to do is to really get busy. They start to do things with their hands. They start to move around the house. They start to clean. They start to read books. They start to watch TV. They find themselves want to do so many things in order not to reflect on what is going on within. But does that help when we try to get busy and try to separate ourselves from the internal anguish and pain? No, it doesn't help us. What happens then is you begin to suppress your true self and you bring now an alter personality. That alter personality will suppress your true person. And now you feel calm and you feel at ease. You have nothing to worry about, nothing to concern you. But then you're living a lie. 
you're living a lie because your true self that is suffering pain and hurt is being suppressed and what happens then it becomes a chronic illness you start to have ethic you start to have back pain you start to have problem with high blood pressure you start to store certain things up in your body when you we start to suppress our emotions yes when we start to suppress our emotion we are hurting ourselves so many people for years have been living with 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 unforgiveness hurt and bitterness from previous relationship or what's happening at the workplace are in many different instances and what they tend to do is to transition themselves out of a bad relationship out of hurt and pain and think that that's the end of it but what they don't know is that they are carrying the burden with them they don't it, it doesn't leave them you have to uproot the seed that has been sown in you also many people have been traumatized through accident being scared of so many different things scared of failure scared of relationship scared of so many things whenever you become traumatized believe me whenever you become traumatized that trauma lives with you and you got to face up to those trauma in order to break the cycle of some of the things that you are experiencing in your life yes so a lot of us are we are seeing things taking place in our life and what we tend to do we have, we started to look on the things around us and try to figure out if you're eating something wrong or there is somebody who is trying to hurt me or you're trying to figure out what's going on in the immediate happenings in your life many of us don't know that the pain and the hurt and the suffering that you're going through have something to do with years something that happened two three four years ago and now what was being suppressed it happens it comes back when you are most vulnerable so there it is somebody's in an accident and they have been traumatized and because of the trauma they realize that they have high blood pressure they are they have no sugar diabetes they have diabetes they find themselves them have some kind of problem they never knew that they have because everything was going well for them until they become weak and vulnerable something store in their life and what was planted in them years ago begin to manifest itself so now you begin to treat something that you think that you have when it was all, what it was all, all the, already there for years how can we deal with or identify various different things that's going on in our life that we, that we don't even know that we have we have to search ourselves diligently we got to pray and ask god for wisdom to deal with some of the things that is lingering in our life that has been suppressed so if in the past you know that you are being hurt you are being wounded in a relationship you are being abused whether verbally or sexually 
all these things got to deal with. You got to come before God and, and put it before God in prayer and ask him, Lord, to forgive you. Ask him, Lord, to forgive them who have done you wrong. Then you got to command the devil to leave you now in the name of Jesus Christ. Many of us are practicing something that doesn't work. Now, in today's age, you are being told that you need to sow seed into the church, into the ministry, in order for you to get healing and deliverance. Many of us tried it, and it don't work. Why is it it don't work? Because we are contending with something far much more than we are able to see. We are fighting a spiritual battle. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh nor blood, but against principalities and powers. We are fighting an unseen and an unknown battle. How do we fight these battles when we don't know how to, how to fight them? We have to fight them in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee must bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Every condition, every situation have to bow to the name of Jesus. We have to align ourselves with God. We have to be in his presence. We have to consecrate our life. We have to walk in his righteousness, meaning right standing with God. Now, to be in right standing with God doesn't mean necessarily that you're doing everything holy and righteous. The Bible says, Abraham believed in God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It's not that Abraham was righteous, but he had faith in God, believing in God, and take him at his word. So now because Abraham established a relationship with God despite of his shortcomings, God recognized Abraham to be righteous. So many of us, we are striving after righteousness with no result because we are seeing things happening in our life on a day-to-day -day basis. And we are saying, Lord, I am trying to do right by you. Lord, I am fasting. Lord, I am praying. Lord, I am giving. Lord, I'm not doing anything. Why all of these things are happening in my life? Now, all you need to do is align yourself with God by faith in Jesus' name. The Bible says that when you call upon the name of the Lord, he is a very present help in the time of trouble. That means trouble is always with us. When trouble comes, what do you do in the midst of trouble, in the midst of your crisis? That will determine how long the pain will last, how long the problem will last. So a lot of us, we have very little faith. We strive into emotion. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. No, you believe in God for something that you can't see. But you're hoping for the thing that you're believing in God for. Because hope makes us not ashamed. Now, you're believing in God for something that you can't see. The moment you are believing in God, faith spring to life because god is the light god is truth god is love god is power god is the creator of all things so now you're believing in god to bring such a thing to pass and in so doing what was in the spiritual begins to give birth in the natural and you start to see the manifestation of it 
coming alive because you're continuing believing in God. So many of times you are believing in God for something and we are seeing the total opposite manifesting in our life. What do you do then is to continue to believe, continue to trust, continue to hope. No, we have to practice having this mindset that we don't make determination on what we are seeing before us and able to see what is beyond that is which before us and what is beyond us is god and our faith take us beyond all the obstacles all the pains and the sorrow when we come before god we don't present we don't present the, the, the things that is before us or the problems to God we present ourselves to him. Now, what do we do? We have to use the, the problems, your pain, your hurt, your sorrows, your sickness as a altar. An altar for worship when you lay your stuff before God. That your, the, the pain that you have, God allow these things to come, at you, come to you. Because these are some of the things that bring us to God. So now these things are our sacrifice, what we bring before God. And when we come before God, we are coming to him in worship and in praise and presenting ourselves before him. When we establish a relationship with God, and the relationship is established when we ask God for forgiveness, we ask God for cleansing. We ask God for a renewal. Create in me, Lord, a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. Enter into his gate with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. When you come before God, you praise him, you worship him, you glorify him, you acknowledge him, you say, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are now entering into the presence of God and remember when when you enter into the presence of God the Father you come in the name of Jesus Christ God don't see your sin he doesn't see you what he sees is a Christ and he see the blood of Jesus Christ so when you come in you come in the name of Jesus Christ and you humble yourself you humble yourself before God and you present yourself to him. And when you come before the Lord, you come with thanksgiving. You come with praise. You bow down before the king and you worship the Lord. You, you say to God, Lord, I'm thankful and grateful and I'm privileged to be blessed by you. And you praise God. You don't come to God and you begin to make claims and ask him for this and ask him for that. You establish a relationship with God and consecrate yourselves. The washing of your hands and of your feet, that's in the old time days. But now you're consecrating your heart. You're going to come before God and say, Lord, forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Acknowledge your sin. I always say to anyone that I'm praying for or giving counsel advice, whenever you come to Jesus, come with the basic prayer, the prayer of repentance. The first prayer you pray when you are coming to God and to become a child in the kingdom of God, the prayer of faith 
I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he is the son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe that he raised from the dead and ascended on I. I believe that he is my Savior and Lord. Forgive me, Lord, of all my sin. That is a basic fundamental prayer. Nothing else really matters. When you come in the, in the presence of God, you come humbly before him and you ask God to consecrate you, wash you, forgive you of all of your sin, known and unknown. Sometimes you don't even know the words. Do you describe it? You come before him, cleanse yourself, consecrate yourself, spend time before God and ask him to wash you, cleanse you. Now, what you're doing is establishing a relationship with God. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. When you have established that relationship, put it this way. When you find a new lover and you go to the courtship and you tell each other how much you love them, hallelujah, and how you want to be with them, and you're thinking of just want to be with that person, the next thing that's going on in your mind is to get married, is to get close, is to be committed to a, that, that relationship. And commitment means so much because you're going to commit what you, what you possess, you're going to commit yourself, you're going to commit your family, you're going to commit for your finances, you're committing everything in that relationship. When you now establish that relationship and come together as one because you're now married, married you have made vows to each other to be committed to one another to death do us part. That commitment, that covenant gives you power in the relationship. Now you have authority in signing documents. You have authority in doing so many different things. The same thing with our God. When you come to God and you make commitment to him and you begin to make vows unto the Lord, hallelujah, Jesus, I commit myself to you. Lord Jesus, love, I love you. Forgive me, wash me, empower me, nurture me. When you start to pray, committing yourself and you establish a relationship with God, through the first thing the sinner's prayer worshiping god acknowledge your faults and your sin this put you in a position of authority people of god listen this put you in a position of authority then you make claims and decree and declare you make claims decree and declare many of us christian what we tend to do we come in the presence of god asking and begging and beseeching god for things that you have you already possess no you have authority in the name of jesus christ because you are now married to him marriage is Two becomes one it means merge so when you come in Christ you become one with him and the confession of your faith 
and you giving yourself over to him not my will lord but your will be done you become what a bride of christ you are no at being adopted into what the olive branch you now become an ear and joint ear with christ now you become a king's kid a royal priest now you become an ambassador passing through this life now you become not of this world anymore but a son of god and remember that people listen when the bible talk about son he's talking about male and female you see male and female sons of god in god there is there is no gender you are a child of god so god see us as mankind praise be to god that's how he see us he neither see us as male and female he see us as in spiritual authority whether you are the head or you are beneath glory be to god so we must understand how god sees us and we must see things the way oh god sees it through his eyes so what many of us what we try to do is make determination based on how we feel and how we think and what we're seeing no we are supposed to see things in the spirit not in the on our natural eyes glory be to god when jesus christ came on earth in isaiah 11 he said the spirit of god is upon me because he have anointed me and his anointing was the seventh spirit of God. And one of the things that Jesus Christ, he, he doesn't view things through his natural eyes. No, he don't listen to the things as oh, we listen to it. He have been led by the spirit. So if we continue to view things and allow our mind to give us the understanding we will always be deceived if we allow voices in our head to make to allow us to make choices and decisions based on what we hear you're already being deceived we have to go according to the spirit of god when we are in the spirit we don't see things the way all the world see it we don't conceive things the way all the world conceive it we don't listen to the things that's out there because all it will do is create a problem in our spiritual understanding that's why the bible says that we must separate us ourselves from the things of the world we must not be governed by the world system we must be governed by god yes so now we are in a situation here that many of us don't understand how to govern our mind and our thoughts so a lot of things are going on in our mind that we cannot be able to understand we cannot even shake it why am i thinking on these things and this is not me so there are some things that's going on in some of us mind and truly this is not you why these things are in my head and this is not my personality some of the things that goes on in our mind we will never indulge in we will never practice we will never find ourselves saying it or even for one moment allow the utterance of it 
So how can these dirty thoughts be in our mind and many times we entertain it? This certainly is not of God. So when we find ourselves having thoughts and these thoughts are uncontrollable, what do you do? Because it becomes a torment. It becomes something beyond you that you can't control. You got to take authority over these thoughts. Glory be to God. And, you know, I have sometimes struggled with certain thoughts going on in my head. And I want to shake these thoughts and they keep on going on in my head. You know, and I have to take authority and rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. So, some years ago, I was, I was basically listening to Michael Jackson Triller. Triller! And, you know, close to midnight and that music will not leave my head. When I go to my bed, Triller! When I wake up in the morning, Triller! Well, but it's just going on, going on, going on. I said, what the hell is happening? You know, the music was in my head and I could not shake it. No matter what I do, no matter what, I could not shake it. I tried to think about other things and I just hear that music thriller down in my spirit. What I had to do was to say in the name of Jesus Christ, I rebuke this evil thought. Leave me now in Jesus' name. And that, that, that thought just went just like that because I take authority over it. And I was, and I was determined not to allow that thought to, come, to, to, to control my mind. So many of us have thoughts in our head. We watch a movie, we're in a conversation, we hear some bad news, something what something or we want to make a decision, and some thoughts continue to plague our mind. We cannot shake it. That thoughts want to shape us to make some decision, want us to go against our will, want to suppress my true self. What do I do then? Because if we allow that thought to continue and we start to allow ourselves to think on it, it's going to become something more that you could ever think. So now you allow that thought to somehow just vanish and you didn't rebuke it. You didn't take authority over it. What happened? It becomes a seed and that seed begins to grow on the inside. And it will stay and grow and stay dormant for years. Now, something happened. Or whatsoever. You hear that music. You hear something. And what happened? That thing, that incident, that trauma, whatsoever it is, a spring to life and it becomes fresh once more. You find, say, it, it, it didn't go after all. What happened, it just basically suppressed itself into your subconsciousness. And that thought, if you have not rebuked it, take authority over it and cast it out, it can become something more. That thought or that seed begin to multiply itself and become what? A stronghold. Yes. So you find yourself dealing with 
other things and the influence was that thing that happened to you and the thoughts was plaguing you and you do nothing about it and it becomes a chronic problem and a chronic illness. Simple things that we ignore can become a problem in our life if we don't deal with it from the very moment it happens. Many of us get angry over so many different things. We get angry in our relationship. We quarrel, we fuss, we fight. Yes, that's okay. We are human. We make we are emotional beings. We 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 get angry. But we must understand that. Understand this. Never allow 72 hours to pass with you angry, all in unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness. That is the extreme. Other than that, it becomes a stronghold. You might not experience it, but it's somewhere in you suppressed, waiting for that moment you are most vulnerable. So you get angry over a situation. Yes, you curse. Don't allow. Don't allow yourself to fall asleep. You must make it right. You must fix the situation before it takes control and become a possession. It becomes a stronghold. So a lot of us, we are seeing some things in our life and we don't know where it's coming from. It is coming from 10, 15, 20 years ago. It can even happen when you were conceived in your mother's womb. It can happen in 10, 15 years ago, a past relationship. It can happen when you have been abused or cursed or raped or molested or whatsoever it may be. Or you're in an accident. You have been traumatized. Some of these things you got to realize that it comes back. The moment you go and get to that palm reader, you get that psychic reading. You go into that shop and you purchase some candle and that incense and whatever it may be and burning in your home. These things don't go away. It comes back to be a torment and to become a demonic possession. If it doesn't affect you, it affects your relationship or it affects your children. Some of your children will not tell you what's going on in their lives. But if they should tell you, it will seem familiar to something has been going on in your life 10, 15 years ago, even before they were conceived. Nothing that we do in life goes away. The only way it goes in the power of the blood and the authority of the Christ. We only can take authority over these past sins and mistakes that we have made when we put it before Jesus Christ and ask him for forgiveness. That's the only way we can able to experience a deliverance. Medication won't help. Doctor prescrip prescription won't help. No matter what you do, you can't throw it away. You can't give it away. You got to repent. You got to come before God and ask God to touch your life and break that stronghold, break that bondage over you. That's the only way it can be fixed. This is why it is necessary to be born again, to be a child of God. So a lot of people, they have addiction. A lot of people, they are alcoholic. A lot of people, they are basically doing cutting and, take, and doing tattoo on themselves. 
the more they tattoo their body, the more they desire for more tattoo. Because it can become an addiction. Sim a lot of things can become addiction. Sex can become an addiction. You name it can become an addiction. Everything that we do over the norm can become a demonic possession. And it got to be broken. So a lot of people now, without Christ, they go to counsel. And they say, you know what? I'm not smoking anymore. I'm not drinking anymore. I break that habit. Hmm. It cannot be break outside of Jesus Christ. You can suppress it. You can suppress it by working on yourself and become more active in your mind, your emotion, and your self-will. And gain more strength over whom you are. But that doesn't make the deliverance works. Because at some time in your life, these things are going to come back and plague you. And when it comes back, it don't come back the way what it was before. It comes in some sickness and some condition. So now you have this serious hurt. You have this pain and what it happens now, it allows you to get, get into a state of depression. The anger, the hurt, the pain allow you to get in a state of depression. Somehow you go through some therapy, some treatment, and you're able to control the depression. But nevertheless, you have not released from the anger, the hurt, and the pain and the bitterness. So over time now, everything is good. You're living life, and there it is. You are making money in your new career, now married, everything is going on. After some years, you start to see some signs of cancer. You start to see some sign of having some conditions in your body. You start to have joint pain. You start to have all kinds of pain going on. Because that thing that was left there is still there, and it now be manifesting itself into something else. So you start to take in medication and therapy for the arthritis pain, for the high blood pressure, for the diabetes, you start to take medication. What happened then, things become more complicated. You start to see other things begin to come up because the medication have side effects and start to create in other things in the body. You start to have headache. You start to have some eye problems, eyesight. You start to have all kinds of things going on in the body. The reason for this is because the earth, the pain, the sorrow that causes the, causes the depression to take place has not been resolved. So it is now having some other side effects on your body that create back pain, stomach pain, arthritis pain, and causing cancer, causing so many different things. The only way that you can get deliverance from the cancer, the arthritis pain, and the other different pain is to go back to the root cause, which is that 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 anger, that that hurt, that unforgiveness, and to lose yourself from it in the name of Jesus Christ. So now, when you release these things, everything begins to fix itself. This is why when a lot of people come to Christ, 
And they stand at the altar and say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, of all my sin. They feel this renewal. They feel different. They feel as though something has lived from them because they have now established a new relationship. They have now established a new life in God. They have now crossed over into something more supernatural and powerful than the life they used to live in the past. I'm telling you, my friend, repentance renewing your mind adopted the christ-like nature will build you up will make you renewed will make you whole will bring about healing deliverance and restoration that is why it is very important to go on your knees and to pray and to consecrate yourself and ask god to create in you that clean heart and renew the right spirit praise be to god i'm telling you my friends it's not difficult as it may seem it's not difficult it only takes determination and sacrifice to live a life in christ and to shut out the confusion set yourself apart from god separate yourself from this from this world nowadays we are seeing so many things the, the, the politics and all that these things are distraction my friend it only allows you to hate and to walk in earth and pain all you need to do is to stay in the word of almighty god if you cannot handle what's before you leave it alone don't even go there don't open yourself for all this demonic spirit to, 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 to consume you. And I'm telling you, you won't feel the effect right away. But as you are here or two to come, that's when it starts to affect you seriously. We must be at a place for God. We must live a holy and consecrated life unto God because the coming of the Lord is near the Bible talk about five wise five virgin and the five foolish what they have in common they were all virgins now the Bible could have said seven wise virgin and three foolish or seven foolish and three wise but he said five wise and five foolish now they were all virgin the bible didn't say that they were committing sin because virgin is a uh, symbolic of separate separation and apart meaning holy and consecrated meaning spotless so they were spotless but the five foolish they were not carrying the anointing they were not carrying the anointing because they were being distracted into other things and the bible said when the bridegroom came them who were wise who were waiting at the door came in we must never allow ourselves to be distracted by the many things that's going on around us we must stay focused on god and his word and the life that we're living in because we are writing a book 
each and every day and that book is going to be compared to the book of life the bible say that the books were open and another book was open and the books were compared to what was in the book and many who have not found themselves written in the book of life were being passed away no you don't want to wait until that time you don't want to be like them who are saying oh we have been waiting and our poor parents have been waiting and waiting and nothing happened we got to realize that it is going to happen because the word of god is real and the word of god is true thank you for listening to the voice for truth podcast do hope you enjoy tune in again and may god bless you have a great day